Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Caleb. And I'm Colin. This week, we bring you Caleb's Cup Set Curse, Loon scoring international goals in real time, and table updates from around the U.S. Soccer Leagues. So it was my wife's birthday a few weeks ago. Well, end of May, we went to this uh, restaurant for a birthday called Young Joni in Northeast. Yeah, it was really good uh, Good pizza. We saw it on like CBS, some local news channel that was like, new up and coming restaurant. We went to make reservations and like, oh, it's falls right on your birthday. We were watching that show in like early April and her birthday is on May 31st. So like, the earliest we did get in was May 31st at 7.30. So we're done pretty great. Pizza was fantastic. Service was amazing. But for dessert, we had probably the most delicious things I've ever eaten in my entire life. And it was so simple. You can make it at home. It's vanilla ice cream with olive oil and sea salt on it. And it was so Shut it down, the gentrified. Good. Shut it, it down. It was so good. Uh, let me just say this. I've heard amazing things about Young Joni, but I cannot imagine a restaurant that's named after a really depressing acoustic artist gone like Atlanta hip hop. <laughs> like, I, I can't eat Don't there. focus on the name. Focus on the great food and the vanilla ice cream with olive oil and sea salt. I mean, if I want this to... This is like the most like hipster, Portlandy, gentrified ice cream I can possibly imagine. Well, I've actually eaten olive oil flavored ice cream in Portland. And I'm actually also certain that it had salt on it, too. Nice. It probably did. Also, I mean, the, the next segment is uh, my vinyl collection. So we're going full hipster on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you really do want the brilliance of young Joni, though, just go to Pizzeria Lola. It's been around forever. Same person. Nah, man. I only eat checkerboard pizza here in the Midway. It's not real pizza unless the pieces are poorly cut and the cheese is kind of half the pizza. It's pretty disgusting stuff, actually. Don't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's only one guy who works there on most holidays. So I think it was, I think, Christmas that I ordered a pizza from there. And there's one dude who picked up the phone and then it's the same guy who came and delivered the pizza to me. And I was like, are you just the two of you? Are you twins or something? I wanted to ask him, but then I thought that would be a little bit of an awkward conversation. They'd be like, yeah, you know, we're twins. There's two families out there who don't have their one of their people home for christmas instead we got to run this pizza shop keep everyone alive by earning money on christmas and i I just created a really sad narrative for checkerboard pizza because their pizza makes me feel a little bit sad at times so (laughs) all right anyway we need to get away from basically uh we call it soccer yelp segment to we call it pizza right uh i didn't manage to get you guys what you call it (laughs) uh bread with cheese and meat on top that is, it's okay. a, it's a yeah. bit of a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Usually sauce better. Here, so. Hey, speaking of mouthfuls, uh, I got you guys into my bedroom this week, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we are live from Dash's bedroom here on the morning zoo. <laughs> it's only there's two rooms in this house that have air conditioning, and uh, Shields is in one of them, so we can't record there. And so we're up here. Kyle Eliason is seeing this bedroom, so y'all should count yourself in exclusive. We call it soccer co-host territory now. Uh, you know, you you guys, you We're guys the most exclusive people that have ever been in your bedroom. Uh, Usually, you're me, not exclusive with the people that go into this bedroom. That's what I, I'm saying. I, I let me pretend like I need some time to think about the number of people that have been in this bedroom. And <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the soccer before I embarrass myself anymore. 
And first we move on to a segment that we call Loon Monitoring. In the Loon Monitoring segment, we talk about Minnesota United FC, who have just announced, by the way, that we're having Dollar Dogs again on the 21st of June. Nice. Dollar Dogs, duh. Electric Booga, duh. <laughs> that works. That, that works. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Sure. We're also having like a Luchador event. That's yeah. Twenty fourth. Yeah, the Whitecaps game. Okay. What does Luchadors have to do with Minnesota United or the Whitecaps for that matter? I don't know, but I'm really hoping that some sort of Luchador comes out and like body slams Freddie Montero on the field. <laughs> I'm be, hoping that Seth Luchador also body slams Vadim Demidov, but okay, whatever. I mean, it's, it's like they went out and they were like, hmm, we need something quirky that brings people in through the door. So let's designate these weird segments off in the corners and then offer these weird masks that have no cultural relation to our team or the team that we're playing uh, just for kicks. So there's not like a huge luchador community in Vancouver? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we should talk about uh, our players on international duty because we've got a few. Christian Ramirez, notable exception, which is bullshit. Boo. I think he could have won that game against Mexico. Oh, yeah, he absolutely could have. Absolutely. Since there's no way have. to prove that he couldn't, he definitely would have. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Although... Here's a hot take for you guys. Uh, Minnesota United is completely bereft without Christian Ramirez, so it's probably a good thing that he didn't get called up. That's what I said on Reddit. I was like, I'm sad for Christian. I'm happy for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Selfish me is still going to love Christian Ramirez just as much if he doesn't have a call up. Now he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, an even, even bigger chip on his shoulder so that can only mean more goals that would actually yeah. be funny if that was one of his superstitions he had to like take a paint chip from the stadium and put it on his shoulder the whole game <laughs> but Kevin Molino did play 90 minutes against the United States for Trinidad and Tobago interesting stat about this uh, the Guardians match commentary has two listings for Molino one of them is his appearance in the match day roster the second of them is in the second minute where he pushed over Christian Pulisic. I mean, to be fair, Christian Pulisic, like, it looks like pretty much if, if the wind blows a little bit heavier, that yeah. he'd fall over. So, I mean, yeah, the guy's but little. He is tiny. But is he he's one of, very really tiny. Good. Do you think he's one of those people who looks tiny on TV, but then when you see him, it's like, oh my God, this guy's like eight feet. Three. No, he's like what, five nine. Okay. Five eight, five nine. He's you very know, tiny. You know who's deceptively tall? Tiger Woods. The dude doesn't look that tall on TV, but when you see him in real life, you're just like, oh my god, how did they build you? He's gigantic. <laughs> With awful knees. That's how they built him. Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel bad for him. Juan Vanegas is uh, playing for Costa Rica, of course. He had 88 minutes against Panama! Panama! Uh, oh! Yeah, are they playing tonight? Uh, they are playing tonight. Uh, um, Costa Rica and Trinidad and Tobago are playing at 9 o'clock tonight. Yes. So. We've got very little other As stuff to we talk about this. this week, so we can just give live commentary of the game, I think. Yeah. yeah, That'll okay. work. If I yeah. see something on Twitter, I'll let you know. Um, in any case, um, Venegas played about 88 minutes. Um, didn't necessarily have the worst of games. Uh, could have been on the hook for a couple of assists, but some poor finishing and a save ended up being a little bit better than Costa Rica was. Uh, Francisco Calvo, on the other hand, did not appear in that game. That's a bit surprising considering uh, the previous round of Costa Rica games. It was Calvo who was consistently playing in Venegas who was fighting for time. Today's game, are both of them on the on the bench, on the squad? Have you looked that up? Um, If you 
press pause on this, I can look that up no, and no, we no, can no. edit it in and out. <laughs> hey guys, Calvo is playing the game today. <laughs> <laughs> Johan Venegas is the Edline of Falcons. <laughs> And uh, named Don Ron. Right. Hey, we're actually with producer Cat, Mr. Cat today. He's wandering around here somewhere. I can't see exactly where he is. Very annoyed that his bed is, has a bunch of recording equipment on it. Typically, he's he has to put up with just me on his bed, and now it's it's got a lot of our crap on it too. While we look up that Costa Rica squad, Jermaine Taylor and Jamaica. Well, they play Peru in a friendly tonight at seven thirty as. Well, so we wish him the best for that game. Uh, do we have that Costa Rica squad pulled up yet? Do, do we? Can't find it. Ugh. I'm working on it. Come on. Come on, um, guys. What the heck? This is like basic Google here. Yeah, I'm. I'm getting. Yeah. There. Costa Rica's winning one nothing. So there's that. Oh, that's nice. Good for them. Um, I mean, there's literally nothing else to talk about this week, guys. We can't just take, <laughs> yeah. take our time. Uh, okay, I, I do actually have the lineups. And guess who scored that goal in the first minute? Francisco Calvo. <laughs> what? So he's playing. <laughs> be funny Decidedly if he so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johan Venegas also in the starting lineup. So both loons out there for Costa Rica. Pura vida, guys. Pura vida. Um... Let's talk rivalries for a moment because I watched the hype video for SKC versus Minnesota Part Three Electric Booga Three. Anyway, I'm, I'm really not good at these sequel. <laughs> you're movie really names. pushing that uh, right. I, electric I, Booga Enter <laughs> number here. Electric Booga Cinco. No, um, <laughs> but so I watched the hype video. It says intense rivalry. In fact, that's the like thumbnail for the video on the Minnesota United YouTube page. What intense rivalry? We've had like two games against these guys, which was like somewhat physical. Okay, Don Ruar dives a lot. All right. The the sky is blue, water is wet. I think the, their whole point is that it's the really only MLS team where we have a history with. Because we would meet them almost every year in the US Open Cup. Right. Yeah. And if... Yeah, I... It's not a real rivalry, though, because, I don't know, I don't feel any animosity towards JC at exactly. all. Exactly. It's like some marketing consultant told MLS, all of your teams need a rival, guys. They really do. And so they're forcing it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, this, to me, just smacks of insecurity. Why not just let the fans develop rivalries over time? Why do we need this, like, whole Derby, Derby, Derby weekend, Heineken rivalry week? Like, the, you know, the English... It, it, it smacks of, like, this wannabe a- attitude of, like, we gotta have a rival because all the cool guys do, guys. No. It, Minnesota's ri- biggest rivals aren't even in MLS. I would argue right. that the Cosmos and even, I'd say, Ottawa are bigger rivals than anyone we've played so far in MLS. Even the Ottawa thing I have issues about because all that, that, that just came from, like, three games again. It didn't come from any extended... Right, right. yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess the only... The only thing that I can say is that nobody likes Tom Dwyer, so we might as well hate them just because of him. Okay. Is that a fair take? Uh, I mean, I can think of players that, like, annoy me a little bit more. Can you? I mean, come on It's It's hard. Yeah. Anyone on Atlanta. Yeah. (laughs) let's keep moving on to US Open Cup injury news Um, Vadim Demidov is uh, out Uh, 
Too bad. Damn it. Bummer. Apparently, he has a knee injury because <laughs> he went on a long well, walk the other day and he tripped. What else can go wrong with that signing? Just <laughs> as we're able to maybe put him in the shop window, he has a knee injury. Um, the good news, at least, um, Miguel Ibarra is apparently fit following the calf injury that he suffered early on against Sporting Kansas City. Abu Dinladi is also apparently not on any sort of concern list. Um, and Jerome Tiasson somehow had a separated shoulder it was and reported this week. And is fine. And he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's fine, guys. I'm just imagining a, a, a freak bouncy ball accident in a bouncy ball pit. Okay, yeah. I'm sure that I, we I, would I, have I, seen I that, that on Instagram, but... Yeah, he does it prolifically Instagram. Jerome Decidedly so. The, the, Only, the best uh, one to follow is uh, John, John Alvoga. Yeah, it's like, the best one to follow on Instagram. If you're not following him, follow him right now. Yeah, posts, he goes around the Twin Cities, takes photos of like touristy stuff, posts like Swedish metal crap from time to time. It's it's hilarious. He like, posts movie reviews. Right. Like, he'll go see like a bunch of movies in one day and like review them on his Instagram page. It's fantastic. No, he's, he's a, he is a very good follow. Mm-hmm. With that, we should move on to a segment we call the Major Listing Service. Major Listing Service MLS provides uh, aspiring homeowners with an easy dashboard to access all the new houses coming on the market. MLS provides us with easy-to-access domestic soccer at the Division One level. Although, not necessarily easy for the Portland FC-Dallas game because it took us forever to find those highlights. Um, did. Speaking of that game, a 2-0 victory by the Timbers. Um, Fernando Adi had a brace in the game. Uh, maybe he shouldn't have because of how badly Jesse Gonzalez botched the second goal. Yeah, Adi, I think, had the second goal as well. And, and he, Jesse Gonzalez got faked twice. There was a Portland player who let the ball go to Adi. Adi then jukes. Gonzalez takes a dive to try and stop it. Adi keeps the ball, knocks it in to the far corner. You Beautiful. can almost hear Jesse Gonzalez from all the way here in Minnesota going, no. And the then, he, then he puts on a mask and is like, <laughs> I am the Senate. No, that that's actually Palpatine. So yeah. my bad. Yeah. Uh, Diego Valeri had a incredible goal called back because of a handball. It kind of at first glance it looks like he's just doing some theatrics with like controlling the ball that's coming to him from a ways off, and then he I think kicks it over a dude or something like that. Turns around. Yeah, it, it was like a 180 degree turn to get in on target, and the problem is it bounced off of his arm. Yeah, not not so great. There was another handball in another game this past week. Chicago beat Atlanta 2-0. <laughs> Thank you. And a Atlanta player, for, this, for Chicago's second goal, an Atlanta player had a handball with an outstretched hand. Uh, the first goal, though, had it... it, it uh, unbelievable hold-up play by David Akam. Yeah, he he makes the he makes the breakaway, comes up against the keeper, gets the ball past him. The keeper and then three defenders are chasing after him. Manages to hold the ball despite the pressure from these four other dudes. Gets the ball over to Solniak, who then slots it in. Yeah, he was standing on the penalty spot and just drilled it into the back of the net. It was awesome. Unfortunately, though, this game, if you watched it, you got to enjoy, quote unquote, enjoy the. Uh, terrible Luna Vision commentators, the guys who basically sound like 
when they were children, someone was like, I got your nose, and then never gave it back to them. Because he's like, hello, welcome to the game. And he unplugs his nose and is like, I'm the color commentator now. I'm going to comment on this thing. <laughs> it's just the same guy. No, I put it back in. I'm the announcer again. At least he didn't sound like he had his uh, lotion and paper <laughs> towels up there in the booth with him this time. Uh, there is a couple of times that he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think actually on the the Akam holdup, he was like, Akam, Akam, Akam. And it, it, it but he, he stopped pronouncing the second A, is what I'm saying. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Kansas City, Montreal. Uh, this game drew 1 1. Um, Dom Dreyer dove. I mean, I, I don't actually know that for a fact, but it's no, a pretty good probably I, I'm sure he did. Uh, um, he also had a worldie that was stopped by the crossbar. By the way, I just wanted to, to mention that when SKC played Minnesota the last time, uh, about a week ago, Dom Dreyer was coming on. I was like, yeah, in tw- Twitter, I, I went up and I was like, this isn't Olympic diving. Why are they putting Dom Dreyer on? And essentially the first thing he does after coming onto the pitch and getting the ball is falls over. And it was, the dude is so predictable, man. Like he is such a whiny little guy. Again, this is why we hate sporting Kansas City. <laughs> One player. <laughs> Like, he is more than enough to cause a rivalry where we will hate him. We shall see. We shall see. Um, But anyway, this game, he had an incredible shot saved by the the crossbar, which also kept a ball from Piatti out, uh, although that one went off Timilia's right hand first. Who scored the goals in this game, guys? Uh, Jerso Fernandez scored for Kansas City. Uh, long, long run after he got across outside the box. Uh, held off a defender, slided in. Nice. And Mancuso scored for Montreal. And a nice chip after a uh, mess up by a uh, Kansas City defender. Yeah. Yeah. Also in, in Portland. Quick yeah. news bullet. Stefan Fry with Seattle is now a... American citizen, congratulations to him. We should, since we don't have a whole lot of other stuff to talk about, any games to talk about this week, we should talk about the standings and the stats. One stat that stood out to me was that Nemanja Nikolic, new man to MLS this year, is leading the scoring tables for the league right now. He came over from uh, Lydia Warsaw, a perennial Champions League team from Poland. Not perennial, I just... Perennial European, mm-hmm. I guess, challenger in either the Euro Cup or the Champions League for Poland. He had 40 goals for them in two years. Mm-hmm. So pretty prolific scoring in uh, kind of a, one of them, I'd say, tier three divisions in Europe. Um, and coming over here and just kind of, hasn't he hasn't missed a step. He's absolutely destroying the, the goal right now. And even though he, he misses sometimes hilariously, Hilariously, like he did against uh, Atlanta, um, he's been a great signing for, for Chicago. He has. Yeah. He has 12 goals, and I should also mention that in third place is Christian Ramirez with eight goals, except he's tied with eight other people for third place <laughs> with eight goals. Kubo Torres has 10 goals. Looking at the standings, though, guys... I want to ask you, is, is there something here besides the fire that you was unexpected? Toronto being in first place in the Eastern Conference. Again, want to point out that I called the fire being in top three in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> this is my Again, this face, is yeah. what happened. Um, you guys all laughed at me. 
And I was like, the mind glitch is like, gonna be really good, guys. I totally know who that is, and he's gonna be really good. He's gonna be in the story, but you just in. you had the inside info on the Schweinsteiger deal. Yeah, just totally. I was totally yeah. telling that from here. Um, beyond them, I mean, Orlando, I think is maybe a little bit of a surprise. I've been questionable to cooled off of late, but I think just how good they've been at home, mm-hmm. perhaps we should have expected with the new stadium with all the hype going into that seeing atlanta in eighth place is kind of unexpected given their early season form although they do have they have played a game less than most of the people above the playoff line looking at the western conference skc in first place gasp Right. Timbers in second and Dynamo rounding out with third. I have to say, I'm surprised that the Galaxy sitting below the playoff line in eighth, though. The Galaxy in eighth, and I think Houston in third is probably the biggest surprise of the Western Conference so far. Yeah. Um, they did I not mean, play well last year at all. FC Dallas does lead the West in points per game. I think that's not at all a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston, yeah, I think they're a little bit of a surprise outfit. I think the fact that Minnesota are not dead last is <laughs> a nice surprise. Yeah, <laughs> it should be a, a shock to certain people. And we don't have the worst uh, goal difference either. Right. We have uh, minus 14 goal difference while Real Salt Lake has minus 20, although they do have two more games played than we do. Not only that, they have two more goals scored against them. Even better. So we just have a couple shutouts in a row and we're fine. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, if something I, I noticed looking at some of these player stats uh, pages on on several U.S. league sites, the for the for the goalkeepers, the stat that they seem to show first is saves and not clean sheets, which is so weird to me. Like the number of saves that a keeper has made somehow makes him uh, a better keeper than most. I I disagree with that. Like it, Bill Hamid is shown to be the best kind of <laughs> no. topping no. the keeper list in MLS at the moment. A saves list just means that your defense is terrible. Which DC United's defense is. This is very yeah, true. Exactly. They did let up a goal at the Christos FC today. They, they did. They actually, we should talk about that very briefly. Christos losing the game, I believe 2-1. 2-1. DC did not No, score. no. 4-1. 4-1? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, it got bad in the last like, I mean, five I, I, minutes that we didn't watch. Right. We, we, had to, we had to actually start recording. I, I did call it, though. I said that it was going to be 70 minutes of good play from Christos, and then they would get tired, and DC would come in with a strong finish, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it, it's dead on what happened. Um, it, credit to Christos. The first goal of the game by them, very nice free kick that Travis Wara, even if he was a better keeper, could not have done much with. Yeah. Yep. Well, no cup sets there. We'll keep an eye on the rest of the U.S. Open Cup Actually, matches. Actually, upset yes? coming up right now. OKC Energy is, is beating Colorado uh, 2-0, and it's almost halftime. In Colorado, no In Colorado, less. yes. Ugh. Well, there was someone on Twitter earlier who was saying when that game started that it looked like Colorado had banned its own fans from the stadium. Oh, <laughs> Let's move on to a segment we call The Pyramid Scheme, where we typically talk about the rest of U.S. soccer that does not involve MLS. And we'll start with the North American Soccer League, our own former league, the NASL, where we started talking about two Cosmos games. First, the one that they had to reschedule uh, against FC Edmonton to make that all-important Saudi Arabia trip. The Cosmos lost that game 2-4. to four. The last 20 minutes, Edmonton coming over... They were absolutely 
bonkers. So awesome. Yeah. So in the last 20 minutes, Edmonton leveled the game, went ahead, then saw two red cards by the Cosmos, scored two more goals, and then gave up two penalties, one of which was saved. Craziness. Absolute insanity. And this came on a midweek game where Edmonton had to travel how many thousands of miles just exactly. to show and they had up to, to reschedule it. it because of the trip. So karma for New York. Basically, yes. basically. Yeah. The Cosmos are doing surprisingly poorly in the NASL table at the moment with uh, 17 points. They're tied for third place of the San Francisco Deltas. Um, the shock to me, though, in the NASL table is Indy 11, who are still to win. They have seven losses, or seven draws and four losses. It's kind of going bear-shaped for them, guys. It's The opposite there is Jacksonville, Jacksonville uh, having a strong season in the second place right now. Uh, I would have those two flipped at the beginning of the season, for okay. sure. Not only the, the fact that Jacksonville is owned by the league right now... Um, Mark Lowry actually said in an interview today that no new signings are going to be coming in the summer because there's no money to sign new players, which is sad, but not terribly unexpected. We've mentioned this on the pod before, but there's something about being league-owned, something that comes with that siege mentality just makes these players perform. We saw it with Atlanta a couple of years ago, and then seeing it again with Jacksonville. Zach Steinberger is actually on top of the scoring table. So the NASL right now with 11, uh, with six goals in 11 games. That's just, I mean... How? Yeah, yeah, he was on fire in May. Um, there's also been, you know, some pretty strong performances from former Minnesota United players. Yeah, they have been tearing the league up. Just looking at this table right now, you see that in the top five, uh, according to scoring, you've got Lance Lang and JC Banks. Banks with four goals, and Lang is actually... St- Tied for second in the NASL scoring table with five goals from nine games. It's, um, gosh, I, the, I, I gotta say that I was not expecting Miami FC to be doing so well. They've only lost one game so far this year out of 11, three draws, seven wins. I did not expect to see that. I mean, yeah, sure, I, they got the money, but... A couple of good signings. Some, uh, Dylan Maris came over from Indy during the offseason. Mm-hmm. He's been playing very well for Miami. Poku's also playing yeah, well. Poku's. I think a lot of it is that the offseason kind of gave them a little bit of an opportunity to take some of the guys that came in midseason mm-hmm. and actually get a little bit of familiarity with each other. Um, they seem to be a little bit more... There's chemistry growing there that you didn't necessarily see last year. You think that the new New York Cosmos or do you think that the new Minnesota United? Um... I mean, if they bring in Francesco Totti, uh, they're definitely the new Cosmos. Mm. What do you think is is gonna be in store for them when Real Miami Beckham's United FCSC Deportivo La Coruña manages to <laughs> start Electric, playing? Electric Portulu FC. You know, we we should have done our occasional expansion subsegment uh, of the major listing service earlier, but we'll do it when there's a bit more news. Essentially, this Miami thing might actually be showing real signs of life. The stadium deal there has been plowing through some of its roadblocks. There's still some approval left. I forget exactly if it's from the community or the city at this point that's remaining. But seems to be that there is actual positive movement there. So we might actually be facing a situation where MLS has a Miami team. What happens to the NASL team when that happens? 
Um, there's always going to be people who would rather prefer to go to the Miami FC games than the MLS Beckhams. The Miami you think? Beckhams. I think, well, I th- some people will definitely move, move over to MLS, but there will definitely be people who are going to show loyalty to the team that's been, that has been there for longer. I think the difference between perhaps like some of the other uh, NASL owners, Ricardo Silva has the money and seems to have the desire to make this entirely a vanity project. That's what we said about the last Cosmos owner, Sella Sports. That's true. And that's entirely <laughs> that fair. Did not end well. Uh, looking at the the attendance figures at the moment, their average this year is 6,698, which is about 1,200 more than the average in 2016. So that's 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 a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's good to see last game that they had against Puerto Rico FC at home was 6,115 fans. So... Uh, either they're giving away a lot of free tickets this year or they're managing to get some folks yeah, into the Ricardo yeah. Silva Stadium. And with a, a successful NSL campaign and who knows what they do in the playoffs if they make the playoffs this year and maybe a, a soccer bowl win mm-hmm. and just build that uh, fan base up with, with some trophies. Worth mentioning that Indy 11's abysmal performance this year hasn't tremendously destroyed their attendance. This year, the average is 7,800, which is lower than their you know, first season heyday of, I think it was sell out every single game almost. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it, it they haven't cratered yet. No. Yeah. And we'll see how the rest of the summer goes. Um, the thing with NASL is the fall season can be so much different than the spring season. You can be a last in the spring season and still make the playoffs. Yeah. With a strong fall season. Looking at the goalkeeper table very quickly, Mario Daniel Vega from Miami doing well on the shutout list. Is Gallardo uh, on there? <laughs> <laughs> he tweeted some really dumb stuff during the USA Mexico game. By the way, it was fun to kind of see him. Uh, see, he, he said something like, "Oh yeah, if Mexico scores a goal right now, they'll win." And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's how soccer works." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Caleb Patterson Sewell at uh, Jacksonville in second place in the shout-out list. With that, let us take a quick break. We'll turn on the AC in this room again, let it cool down, and come back for the second half where we talk some USL, NWSL, US national team, and much, much more. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. I don't think we've taken as much of a break between two halves of the show as we did today because we had to let the room cool down again. And this isn't just us, by the way. I was on a podcast called The Back Pocket last week to talk about the dark clouds. And their recording studio is the same way where they have to keep the AC on for a little while and then turn it off while they record so the room heats up and then they have to wait uh, for the room to cool down again. I mean, I feel like... It would almost be worth it to pay for a studio that has central air. Right. We really, I, I really have to get on that. I, well, first thing, we've got to get a studio. <laughs> Forget central air. I said we just buy the central air unit and then build a studio around that. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. We just, so people <laughs> passing by on the street will basically see an empty lot with an air conditioner. <laughs> yes. Three of us. I'm not good at problem solving, <laughs> but that is my solution. In the uh, in the break between our two halves of the show, Kevin Molino has equalized for Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, the score at halftime stands at two one because Brian Ruiz scored another one for Costa Rica. From what I can understand, looking at Twitter, I mean, there's two Costa Ricans versus one Tobagoian or 
Trinidadian or whichever. <laughs> Tobago. I'm pretty sure it's actually Tobagoian that it lists toboggan. off. <laughs> is it Mantis Toboggan or is it? It's Tobagonian. Trinidadian okay. and Tobagonian. They're two separate places that have one team. So anyway. Whichever one he's from. <laughs> Molino scored and uh, it, it's good to Minnesota United players scoring within the first 35 minutes of this game. Uh Caleb has cursed the energy, who are now, uh, I believe, at last count, <laughs> so the score sorry. is 2-2. Eric Miller equalized for the Colorado Rapids in the one 60th of us. game. One of us. Energy so, fans can send me hate mail at Kay Olsen716 on Twitter. I mean, so. I, th- I think it qualifies as a cup set, though, to see the Rapids doing well in this game. <laughs> oh, burn. <laughs> But let's move on to the league in which the energy do play, the USL, and uh, what's happening there. One of the big stories at the moment is that San Antonio, San Antonio FC, the uh, not Spurs, are somehow still undefeated. Somehow. They're second in the Western Conference because they've managed so many draws. But yeah, they somehow are still undefeated. It's pretty good stuff from the former Scorpions. Uh, Charleston Battery in the Eastern Conference still on top of 27 points and a game in hand on second place. Rowdies, who are in uh, with 23 points. Louisville in hot pursuit at 22 points in third place Eastern Conference. Looking at the Western Conference table, you got the Real Monarchs, San Antonio FC, and then the Colorado Springs switchbacks. But it, coming in just under the playoff line, but... Probably surging because he literally just had his first game. Uh, Phoenix Rising FC. They have Didier Drogba in the squad now, and he's already scored a goal. Yeah, but to be fair, the little rascal scooter he's on makes it a little bit difficult <laughs> for him to make a huge impact on the game. But not he's only not only that, though, his first goal came in a game where, guess who scored the winner for them? SWP. Sean Wright Phillips? Sean Sean. Wright Phillips scored the winner for them. (laughs) There's so much Chelsea going on that I'm pretty sure that the giant bridge that goes over the Salt River right by their stadium needs to be renamed Stamford. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, we can make a pretty decent USL lineup by putting FIFA 06 into the Xbox. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) certain you could. Joe Cole, Didier Dragba, Chelsea just from 2006. By the way, looking at the Western Conference and then the top eight, I'm seeing three independent USL teams in the top eight there, the, the playoff spots. And then when you go to the Eastern Conference, I'm looking at one, two, three, four out of the eight, or five actually with the Fury. Or do we count the Fury considering they're, what is it, Montreal's affiliate now, right? Affiliate, but I mean, kind of. Like, I don't know. Uh, so yeah. maybe four, maybe five independent teams in the in the Eastern Conference, and in both conferences, the team at the very bottom at the moment is a two-team: Toronto FC and Timbers too. So what does that mean? I don't know. FC Cincinnati, for all of their wonderful attendance, sitting outside of the playoffs at this moment as well. So um, too bad. As they as they say, uh, any any results we should talk about? Reno beat Sacramento Republic two nil apparently in the NorCal Derby. Reno wishes. Why why do they wish? Have you ever been to Reno? 
Isn't it like, Nevada, not California? Yeah, like I know, oh, I know that, that there's know. gambling. So you, I know that there's questionable things, but all of the terrible things that actually make Reno halfway decent are illegal in California. Um, so it would just be like another halfway decent town if it was in California. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so I'm I'm still like working on my USL humor because I don't know most of these towns. Like, I mean, Tulsa. Who knows anything about Tulsa even to make jokes about it? You know, I I, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. mean, the guys in Hanson do. That's about it. Oh, okay. We can make Hanson jokes about Tul- Tulsa Roughnecks. I think. Um, Bop. <laughs> See, I did one. <laughs> but like, jeez. Oh, I mean, you know, Rochester, New York. The only joke I can think of is they're not Rochester, Minnesota, and they wish they were. That's a terrible joke. But, you know, so you got to give me some time to catch up with these Reno jokes. The only one I can think of with that is a Reno 911 related, but that's a dated reference these days. The kids won't get it. I mean, do you get it, Caleb? Yeah. I watched Reno 911. Yeah. Reno 911. That's Central. a show that needs that to come back. show. Do you guys see the Reno 911 movie? Yes, it did. Oh, no, so did good. Not. Really good. I mean, so not good at it was all, on, it was on but so like good. Two months, and I watched it probably three times during those two months. It was great, but also terrible. Speaking of Reno, by the way, Dane Kelly is leading the USL scoring tables with 12 goals. Um, Dane Kelly, who is, I believe, from Jamaica? Let me let me see if I'm, I'm correct. I, I vaguely remember reading about him. Yes, he's a Jamaican footballer who used to play for the Swope Park Rangers last year. Yeah. That, that's how I, I've heard of him before. When we look at the goalkeeping, the clean sheet with Diego Restrepo, he of NASL fame, is uh, leading with seven clean sheets for San Antonio. Definitely helping them on their way to their undefeated season, almost. Yep. You could say that he's stinging his opposition. See, we, we really mm, do no. have to do better with Actually, our Actually, no. Jokes. Don't say that. Don't say that at all. Don't. Please don't. Uh, let's move on to the NWSL. Where, with seven games played, Global Superstar Marta has three goals and is ninth in the scoring standings. She's, I think, played something like 500 minutes at this point. I feel like I saw something like that. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would expect that from her at this point. Yeah. Uh, Alex Morgan will be returning to the Orlando Pride, though, yeah? This is something I saw on the news recently. And- yeah, so um, she is basically pending both her international transfer certificate to go through, and also, apparently, she picked up a hamstring injury in the uh, French final uh, playing for Olympique Lyonnais. Um that actually kept her out of the recent US WNT friendlies that we will talk about. Uh, but it's expected three to four weeks she'll be back for Orlando. And Orlando needs a boost right now. They're sitting in seventh place. Um, just three teams below them in the table. Uh, top of the table right now is the North Carolina Courage and then Stroud Red Stars and Portland Thorns running out the top three. Stroud Red Stars is probably the best logo in all of NWSL. Probably best low in all. Best kits, too, in all of U.S. All, soccer, yeah, I think. U.S. soccer, yeah. do have to say about the Courage that, they, I mean, they were, as the Western New York Flash last year, the mm-hmm. winners of the NWSL seem to be having a strong season again. That's not a huge surprise uh, this year. I, I, I am somewhat, uh, I think, surprised, like you said, that Orlando isn't doing better. and Orlando they, and so, almost also the Washington Spirit, uh, Mallory Pugh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, she has sort of first goal for Washington. A yeah, games ago. I think the fact that Pew came in later in the season, it's not necessarily surprising when they haven't done so well yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Orlando, yeah, I think there has been an issue of you know adjusting with without Alex Morgan, but also adjusting with Marta. Nah, who knows? You would expect them to do very well coming mm-hmm. in at the end, but who knows? The league is making changes to their start times for uh, their games after uh, the May 27th game where Houston, in Houston where Rachel Daly collapsed during set-and-half stoppage time due to heat exhaustion and dehydration. Mm-hmm. So uh, 23 games so far have had their start times changed. Um, there are man- mandatory hydration breaks uh, during games where... The a, wet bulb, bulb global is that temperature. A real thing? Apparently, it is. Um, so that's it's over eighty-two degrees. Yeah, um, it's something that's similar to heat index. I think the bigger thing is that um, when that index is over ninety-five degrees, they're basically treating it as if there's severe weather in the area. Which they're should... not even starting the games. They're that's wise. Yeah, absolutely wise. You know, it's it's not safe to throw people out there particularly in places where you have so much solar radiation and frankly when you have a lot of synthetic fields you know those radiate heat at a much worse rate than just plain old grass looking at the goal scorer list for the nwsl you got sarah killian from sky blue fc in the lead with five goals megan rapino and nadia nadim in uh, second, joint second place with four goals. Uh, looking at the goalkeeper list over here, they only have the saves list again. Which I, I, I don't understand. How did this become a thing? <laughs> it's like the only counting stat that you can come up with for a keeper. That's other it's than, a problem. Other than shutouts. Well, be like yeah, a, shutouts would be a better thing, but clean sheets and save percentage would be better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. Because doesn't make any sense. You know, like earlier we were talking about Bill Hamid as apparently the most prolific goalkeeper in MLS. He prizes tons more saves than say uh, uh, Joe Bendit does. Ow. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, should also mention that Alex Morgan, during her loan, did win the Champions League with Olympic Leonese. We're, we're mentioning that that did pay off. Let's move on now to a segment that we call The Sewer, where we take care of the news involving the USNTs, the Ninja Turtles. Uh, and, and we had some World Cup qualifiers recently. Yeah, those Ninja Turtles were fighting hard. Um, Fight and win. Fight and win, yeah, yeah. Um, it, first off, 2 nil win against Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, by the way, breaking news, the Rapids have uh, actually got their cup set with a 3-2 win. Caleb spoke too soon earlier. <sighs> Boo. Yeah, Boo. All OJC Energy fans listen to this podcast and your hate mail to Olson 716 on Twitter. Slide into his DMs. All right, going back to that Trinidad and Tobago game that the U.S. won 2-0. Don't bother watching the first half. Uh, U.S. Yeah, nothing happened. U.S. really just did not look sharp to start out. Um, And then in the second half, our Lord and Savior, Christian Pulisic, uh, blessed us with two goals. One off a great cross by DeAndre Edlin and one by... And one off a great 
little first touch assist by goals he always helps his teammates store goals. That's kind of a mouthful. I don't think that's going to Yeah, I don't think that, that works as well. No. Yeah, I think um, Golzi always helps his teammates scores is the better way to... Right, that is how I wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. I, I still think yeah. always scores. Let's just leave it at that. You know, it can be an aspirational nickname, you know. Always scores-ish. Exactly. Yeah, scores-azy. That, 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 scores-azy. There we go. <laughs> always scores-azy. But again, a great... Uh, First touch by Josie that sends Pulisic through for a certain goal. Yeah. Um, Mestro also, uh, sorry, Mestro. USA also played Mestro at the Azteca. And holy cheeky chip, Batman. Oh my God. If you oh my God. watched Michael Bradley's <laughs> oh goal my God. Game, oh my God. Oh my God. You are not a soccer fan in general. Because this best goal ever scored by a US player. Oh, Given man. The context, um, the skill required, the, the everything. It's a goal where if it's stored against you on FIFA, you just sit on the controller and walk away from the game for like a couple of days. You're just like done for a I while. Mean, it's a like, good goal in any game, but at, yeah. the, at the Azteca during a qualifier against Mexico. I'll say this. Uh, what, what? Which minute of the game was it? Sixth. Sixth, yeah. Um, That's incredible. Contextually, it wasn't the greatest goal in U.S. history. Calgary's shot heard around the world, I think, still gets that. And mm. I think tech, the tech aspect of it, it's darn close, if not there. When you combine the two, yeah, it, it's I, I, probably I really think the there's best. an argument to be made seeing how much people bag on Bradley, which I will get to in just a moment, yeah, by the way. It's ridiculous. Um, I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. But but given how much they bag on Bradley, given the fact that Bobby Wood just moments before this goal had gone down with an elbow to the face from Salcedo, which, uh, you know... Wasn't the foul, Nash. Come on. Wasn't the foul. Salcedo yeah. and his elbow. Uh, try to think of a better couple. I'll just wait here. Uh, that dude <laughs> seems to be in madly in love with throwing that thing everywhere. I think he got two elbows in the first three minutes of this game. Should have been sent off. Yeah. Easily. There's no way he should have stayed on after the third minute. Mexico got a huge boost playing at home with some physical play of the referee just seemed to ignore. Somehow, inexplicably, the U.S. was said to have more fouls at the halftime uh, mark, which is complete garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta say, it was disappointing to see Mexico get that equalizer. I thought the U.S. played well enough to take the win here. Uh Textbook counter attacked by Mexico ends with Car- Carlos Vela kind of shooting the ball. And there's a bot squeaking it past Brad Guzan. Uh, Bradley had another long shot in the second half that hit the post. Unfortunately, right. he was feeling it during that game. And Ochoa was-, was coming out a little too far in the box. Yeah. I, I gotta say, the one thing that disappointed me about the U.S. was their inability to put together good counters of their own. I think that's 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 one of the things that we weren't so good at. We we're good at at defending. For the most part, which is weird to say for a U.S. team, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> a mean, U.S. team without guys like Fabian Johnson, without John Brooks, without Clint Dempsey. Yeah, Tim Ream started this game. We defended well. Like, right. What? This was this was not our best lineup, and we no. still put managed to put ten guys behind the ball and do well. Yeah, it, they got the goal, and then they defended like their lives. Depended on it. And had some good chances in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Like, there is a good argument that they should have won this game. I don't necessarily buy it just because I think Mexico is putting enough pressure in that they could have gotten a second and you wouldn't have necessarily felt like it was against a run of play. 
Anyway, one point in Azteca is a great result for us, yeah. even though three would have been better. I do want to very quickly get back to that Bradley thing, which is that when it comes to the U.S., and particularly during U.S. games on Twitter, uh, you get one of two views. Either a player is amazing or they're horrible. Either the team is fantastic or they're complete garbage and not worth watching ever again. You, there's no place for saying something like Michael Bradley can put together some phenomenal phenomenal work but he's not doing it consistently and he isn't the best player for our team uh, out there so I think some of the criticism for him is valid but except that it would either go to like Michael Bradley's garbage before this game and then after he scores his goal he's the untouchable (laughs) uncriticizable player and everyone who had ever rooted for him was absolutely right whereas everyone who had ever criticized him was a complete idiot I feel like every time Every U.S. international game before the Mexican game was like every like roundup was like this was Bradley's worst game as an international. Like, it seemed like I heard that after every single either World Cup qualifier or World Cup game from 2014. It's just this is his worst game as an international. And it's like yeah. there's it can't always be his worst game. It'd be a game where he didn't have the influence that he usually has or with Toronto, but you you, you can't always be like yeah. Awful, historically awful let's, for Bradley. It's incredibly difficult to gauge how a holding midfielder exactly. actually does during a game. That's Bradley's big problem. Let's move on to the women's national team friendlies. Uh, first, the U.S. beat Sweden 1-0. Um, don't bother watching the first half again. Just <laughs> literally, l- nothing really happened. Um, but Rose Lavelle did break through in the second half. Um, the U.S. women's national team finally did get their revenge uh, for that 2016 Olympic loss. Uh, Norway uh, lost the U.S. one nothing. Again, kind of the same score as uh, Sweden. Again, don't watch the first half of this game either. Well, <laughs> watch the first half just because, surprisingly enough, Norway did really dominate. Uh, they had all of the chances. U.S. didn't even have a shot in the first half. Uh, but... Chris and Press ended up getting the uh, game winner in the 60th minute. Uh, Mallory Pugh dropped from the lineup due to an ankle injury and during warm-ups, and Rose Lavelle left with an hamstring injury. No, Rose, no. Uh, Jay Hintel dropped out of the team for uh, quote-unquote personal reasons. Uh, speculation is that she dropped out of the team due to the team wearing uh, pride jerseys. Uh, if you notice, the U.S. men's national team and the women's team wore jerseys with the numbers that... The, the numbers on the jerseys were, were rainbow? Correct, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and Neil Morris posted a, a really telling transcript of, because uh, he, and along with covering uh, North Carolina FC, he covers the North Carolina Courage, which is Jay Hinkle's club team. Um, Hinkle was very terse, according to um, Morris's account, in basically dismissing any sort of question as to why she turned down her call-ups to uh, the women's national team for these friendlies. And when you combine that with a very long history of posting um, fairly conservative understandings of Christian theology, uh, people have been putting two and two together it seems as though there was some sort of frustration about all of this. That said, you know, she's been called up multiple times by Jill Ellis, who is openly gay. And it's it's hard to necessarily pin down 
why it is. I hope that it's not a frustrating political sentiment by her, but very nuanced understanding suggests that it is. These are questions that have come up before, but we can't say for sure, so it's all speculation. Let's move on to a segment we call Caleb's Excellent Adventure, where this week we're not going to really talk about another league. Uh, which is actually, I shouldn't say this week, now that we brought the segment back after something like 20 episodes of that. <laughs> I guess. It's been a few, uh, without all the European games. It's, it's been a while. Right. So l- <laughs> let's let's get to talking about 1860 Munich this week. Yeah. Uh, so we're in Theater Pit Stop in Munich. Uh, just a little tiny, tiny adventure this week. 1860 Munich is a team that uh, plays in Munich. They share a stadium with uh, Giants Bayern Munich at the Allianz Arena. Um, well, they shared a stadium with them. Uh, 1860 Munich was recently relegated from the second Bundesliga. Um, and we're going to move down to the third division in Germany, which is still a professional division, but they would have to pay the Bundesliga. Uh, the Guardian article I saw said 5 to 10 million euros, which is kind of a weird range to have, but somewhere in there, um, which they didn't do by the deadline. So they're going to drop down to... Um, the fifth division in Germany, which is not professional division, they have to basically become one of the playing at one of the most probably one of the best arenas in all of sport to playing in a very local, very in a park, in a, in a park, yeah, <laughs> where Christos FC has their home games. <laughs> um, so the final financial backer and majority owner of the team, uh, Hassan. Uh, is might not sure how to say his last name, but Hassan uh, is a Jordanian billionaire. I said he refused to pay the fee. Um, and quote here says that uh, he refused to pay the fee because 1860 Munich ref- quote refuses to make necessary changes to solve the many issues facing the club. So he's He's going to keep his majority ownership. He's going to keep on supporting and the team financially in the fifth division. So it's it's weird where they where they can go from here. Um, this is a team that won the Bundesliga in 1966, um, was last in the third division 24 years ago, but have have been the second slash first on and off in the past 24 years. Um, this is a team that played in one of the again one, in the Allianz Arena, um, and they're going to basically go to a um, a semi-professional team, an amateur team, and um, currently they only have six players in their contract for the next season. Um, their U21, U19, U17, and U6 teams were also relegated from their leagues. Um, and probably the most shocking of this is that 1860 Munich in the second months league had the third most expensive roster in the league beneath. Uh, behind Hanover and Stuttgart, who both won promotion to the Bundesliga this year, with Stuttgart finishing first and Hanover in second. This is a terrible for the fans. I feel so horrible for them. Um, it's kind of almost like a Rangers situation from a few years ago where they had to drop from like, all the way down to the amateur leads and kind of almost reform as, a, as Rangers, but kind of a different club. I can almost see 1860 Munich kind of reforming kind of like Rangers has done recently. And like kind of just be off, like maybe Munich eighteen sixty, kind of rebrand themselves and maybe move their way up. But it's going to be a long haul for eighteen sixty and their fans. 
Let's move on now to a segment that we call the pub, which we gotta breeze through because we are <laughs> coming up against our one-hour boundary. So all I'm gonna say is that Zlatan has been released by Manchester United. There have been a whole bunch of other player moves. Maybe we'll talk about them in a big group next week uh, where we'll budget our time on this podcast just a little bit better. Moving into a segment now that we call, they don't call it soccer in brackets. Some do though where we talk about soccer from parts of the world that we haven't talked about already. Quickly let's cover the U20 World Cup. Uh, England defeated Venezuela in the final. Uh, Venezuela is the team that knocked out the US Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the semi-finals or quarterfinals. Mm. Quarters, yeah. Quarters, okay. Uh, Liverpool's Dominic Solanti wins the golden ball. He was Chelsea's during the season, but Liverpool signed him in our only competent business of the window so far. Um, Confederation Cup, Confederations Cup starts this weekend, I think the 17th on a Sunday. Um, eight teams are currently playing. Australia, Cameroon, Russia, New Zealand, Germany, Portugal, Mexico, and Chile. That's one from each region. The last year's last World Cup winners and the host country, which is Russia qualified. Iran is the second country to qualify for the World Cup. The first was Brazil, who qualified in late March after defeating Paraguay. Iran had beaten Uzbekistan 2-0 in Tehran this past week to qualify for the World Cup. Scotland tied England 2-2. Huge result for Scotland. Holy crap, this is a great game. Yeah. Last 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, fantastic ending to the game. Uh, first off, you say Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's opened the score for England with the help of Scotland's goalkeeper. No, no. It, that was entirely of the Arsenal man's volition. Um, Darren Fletcher scored a pair of free kicks, one in the 89th minute and pretty one in stop time. Pretty each other. Yeah. from each side, pretty much. And, great. and then Ari Kane equalized for England, practically the last kick of the game. I just want to say Scotland's goalkeeper had the ball hit his hands and basically threw it in the back of his own net. Sweden pulled off a huge upset versus France, winning 2-1. Despite that one being a worldy from Olivier Giroud. Go check that That brilliant goal. Uh, Jimmy Demas equalizes for Sweden right before halftime. Then coming back and forth, France is pushing for a goal. Um, Ball just played back to Hugo Lloris, who takes takes a touch outside of his own box and tries to send the ball up the field to start an attack. It's on the ground, goes straight to Ola Toivonen who takes a touch and just kind of curls it from midfield into the top corner past the diving and blushing Hugo Lloris. You could say that Lloris was pretty spursy with that. <laughs> That's so spursy. Uh, some sad news now. Chick Tiore, Newcastle United legend, has died at age 30 following a collapse while training for his Chinese club, Beijing Enterprises. You never want to see a a, a soccer player having to just quit his career early be- because of an injury and to see someone pass away this seems like it's happening more and more often very very sad stuff um outpouring of grief from fans in england and worldwide as well with that we do have to call an end to the show no rounds wrap up this week we'll be back next week where colin has had a lot of great time to prepare a a stunning set of conspiracy theories for you oh trust me it's gonna make more sense next week Perfect. We'll have a 40-minute Reynolds wrap-up. Exactly. We just just (laughs) spin it off into its own podcast. But with that, we should call into the show. You can find this podcast on fine podcast providers everywhere. Please tell your friends to listen in to We Call It Soccer. We enjoy having new listeners to our show. We also enjoy having you talk to us on Twitter. You can find me at TWO United Fans. Where can the good people find you guys? I'm at Olson 716 and then OTC fans. Come at me, bro. 
Uh, you can find me at the attachment where occasionally I post pictures of my dog recovering from ACL surgery. Aww. Aww. I should post more cat pictures on the United Fans account. Anyway, with that, we got into this week's show. Goodbye. See you next week. Bye-bye. Rest in power, Tione.